and welcome back to Cosmic Conduits. Today's food for thought, what does it take to truly feel nourished? That is a really good question and that is a question that I have been asking myself because after years and years and years of going really, really hard and feeling like I have infinite amounts of energy, I have large scale burnt out. And for the past few months, I have been feeling like I am struggling to recover and I've been feeling really depleted and in need of some serious nourishment. So what kind of nourishment have you gravitated towards? Well, this is the thing because I really had to ask myself like, shit, what do I need? You know, what, mm. what is it that's gone wrong here? Why have I burnt out and what is it going to take to get me back to where I was? And should I even be where I was if I've ended up in this place where I've burnt out so hard? And it's taken me a while, but I really do think I'm figuring it out. And it's been a really cool journey. And so there's so much debate over what's right, what's wrong, what's healthy and what isn't. But the key is to feel nourished on a fundamental, holistic level. So what does that involve, Jesse? For me, that involves feeding the mind, body and spirit or soul correctly. Um, and it's, it's a fitting time to talk about this for me as well, because I have just finished working full-time in an office to become a full-time musician. Woo! <laughs> mm. And one thing I've noticed in working the classic nine to five is that the burnout is serious and it's real. And if you don't sleep your eight hours, at least every night, you're going to come home feeling exhausted. Sitting down all day is hard and then you know you get home and you only have really after eating you only have a few hours to pursue whatever your ambitions are so it's not sustainable for someone like me personally and when you're doing work that is pretty much meaningless to you as well it's again it's a bit soul crushing so the burnout is real and, and, and i've found that i've had to become a lot more structured and disciplined in order to counter myself so I would be feeling crap. And so I'd come home and I'd say, you know what? You're going to just sit in your studio for two hours and just do something. Here's three things you can do. See if you can get through these. So that's how I sort of addressed burnout. But for everyone, it's different when it comes to feeding their mind, body and spirit. There's going to be different ways they need to do those things. There's going to be different levels at which each of those needs feeding. And so it's, it's a tricky thing to figure out for the individual, but it is an individual thing. It's very, very true. And in today's lifestyle society age, we are doing more and more that is unnatural to our physiological being. We're putting ourselves like me in university, you through nine to five. We're putting ourselves in these situations that really are unnatural. It's unnatural mm. to do as much as we've been doing in such short periods of time. The expectation is so high. And so there is an increase, but, but we have to adapt, right? We have to grow, exactly. we have to adapt and That's we right. have to become better and we have to increase our pursuit of nourishment and these practices that do nourish us. And I think that if you're doing something like a nine to five, then really cultivating a deeply settling, perhaps even spiritual practice can be something that counterbalances that real hard soul sucking grind. And so 
And we're going to be talking a lot about balance today because this is intermingled with all of this. That's but just back back to your thing about nourishment being how you feed your mind, body, and spirit. These are these are talking about the aspects of the self that need to be fed because we're looking for a holistic solution, a holistic form of nourishment. And I think, and would you agree that the key is to begin to develop a really good sense of what feels good for not only your mind, body, and spirit, but your mind, body, and spirit. So individually and holistically. Right. Okay. So the fourth thing being one that unifies all those things and actually feeds all three almost at once. Yeah. Because yeah, you can you yeah, can eat that. a double bacon cheeseburger and that feels good for your brain, but it's not going to feel good for your body, you know? Mm. So starting to look at things like that. Yeah, I love that. It's amazing how in trying to chase what feels good, you actually can find yourself uh, doing the opposite. So uh, one of the things I refer to a lot in my daily life is what Buddhists call tanha. And I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. But it translates in English to thirst or craving or longing. And Buddhists believe that that is the root of all suffering. And I've noticed in myself, particularly when I'm going through hardship, I'm more likely to want to do things that bring me short-term gratification or satisfaction. And the more I pursue those things, the more I find myself creeping down a hill towards more depressive thoughts. And it really is a double-edged sword because, yeah, okay, I can go do X thing or eat X thing and I'm going to feel good for 10 minutes, maybe 20 max after the sugar high wears off and then I'm screwed. Yes, and so this is why I've really been trying to observe the holistic nature of myself when making decisions that I believe are going to nourish me because it really is about being able to cultivate that awareness to pause before you do anything in any facet of your life and just think, just just do the mental checklist. Like, is this going to be good for all of me long term? That's a fantastic question to ask yourself before you do pretty much anything, unless, unless it's something that you know is a goal and you're sitting down, it's cool, I'm going to get this done now. But even that, it already ticks the box. So that's fantastic. Let's talk about nutrition now. When it comes to actually eating, because when people think nourishment, the first thing they think of is food. Mm. And for me, it's, not, it's not, not even the first two in the first two things I think of. Um, when it comes to food, people have a tendency to lean towards what's called comfort food. And everyone, you know, if you have a long day at work and you're tired and you're hungry, and I really identify with this recently, uh, you're tired and you're hungry and you don't have the best judgment and you just, you just want something that comforts you. And so using food as nourishment, but also as emotional nourishment, what does that really work? This is the food thing. <laughs> ingesting food is such a multifaceted behavior of the human race. There are so many layers and layers of crap tied to the way that we eat, the way that we think about food, how many times we eat, what we're eating. And so there's a, like without trying to be a nutritionist, because that's not at all what I'm trying to say, because I think it is very much about developing your own very individualized understanding of what is good for you. Now, what always gets me is 
this thing about thinking healthy versus eating healthy, right? So I have this discussion with many people about it doesn't really matter what you eat. It's about the way you think about what you're eating. So if you're eating a Nutella donut and you think, oh, this is going to make me feel like shit, this is going to give me pimples, this is going to make me low energy, then you are more likely to experience that. Whereas if you think, no, this is fine, this is going to make me feel good, this is going to make me happy, then that's what you will experience, right? So that's one way of thinking. And then the other way of thinking is that's not good for me, so I shouldn't eat it. Mm. And I really... I, I overthink that process a lot and I fall more on the end of that's not good for me, so I'm not going to eat it. But then again, I do have a really good like self-control mechanism when it comes to balance. Like I do indulge, but in very, very little bits, but that's that's my way. So what do you personally think, Jesse, about that thinking healthy mechanism, that self-placebo effect of the way you think about your food is always going to affect you? I often think about that before everything I eat, whether it's healthy or not. Because uh, one thing I've heard a long time ago, which really stuck with me, was I believe it came from Ramdas. And what he said was if somebody prepares food and they're angry while preparing it, that's the equivalent to eating poison. And so I don't see food as this is broccoli, this is good for me. I, sometimes I do, but I more see it as how was it prepared? What was the intention when preparing it? If you go to a restaurant and it's really busy and you look in the back and the chefs are screaming at each other and there's chaos there, that food for me personally, that food is not going to go down well. Because I see food as energy and the hands that actually prepare it and the quality of the ingredients that are in it, that will feel worse to me than something almost slightly healthier or healthier that was prepared amongst chaos with, with a negative attitude. So that's how I see nourishment in terms of energy. But when it comes to overthinking, yeah, I definitely have that tendency as well where I will, if I'm out and I need to eat something healthy, then I'll think, okay, I'll just get a salad. And then, well, I don't know the quality of the ingredients. I don't know if those leaves were sprayed with all kinds of stuff. I have no idea. But if I think to myself while I'm eating it, this is healthy. This is going to go down well. I love this food. This is delicious. I am enjoying this. If I have thoughts on that nature, as opposed to thoughts of, I don't know what's in this. This Is this really, is this real? Is this real? Whatever. Um, how is this cultivated? This doesn't taste good. Well, then I notice that my thoughts drastically affect the way I feel when the food's digesting. So if I'm thinking negatively, I can really feel the food go down and it feels like it's struggling in there. But if I'm thinking positively, then it goes down effortlessly and my body loves it. And that is the nature of the placebo effect that I guess we cannot... Um deny it's a real fucking thing if you think a certain way you will experience certain thing and so perhaps in that sense because in my point of view still if you eat the nutella donut there is chemical reactions happening in your body that are going to do something to your overall physiological state of being right but yeah but perhaps you can think that away perhaps that is happening to you but you can think 
that that gives you more energy instead of less in the long term or something, even though maybe long term you are experiencing less energy. But I think this is when it comes into play where where there's this thing about is this feeding my mind, body or spirit or is it feeding my mind, body and spirit? Because mm. in those moments too, you know, okay, so you, we love to have fried chicken. And before we eat our fried chicken, we sit down, we close our eyes and we're like, this is going to feel so good good and it really <laughs> always does you know it always does but when it wasn't feeling good to me is when we were eating way too much of it way too regularly and so that was once a week that for me was way too much Fair too enough. regularly and Fair also enough. it was my treat that's another point so please <laughs> remind me of what you just said okay but Actually, I'm just going to jump to what I was going to say because I forgot my initial point. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess like that also is a testament to the fact that my balance is very different to yours because of the lifestyle that I live, right? So that real joyous experience for you in consuming that food was really necessary for you when you were going through that period of life in which you, were, you weren't experiencing much, much joy in your everyday life. Whereas me, right. I'm living more of a chillaxed life. You know, I'm doing everything that I do that I'm doing is what I want to be doing. And I get to eat yummy food every single day. So that maybe fried chicken for me once a week was too much for yeah. me, Yeah, you know, but it could have also been the way that I was thinking about it. And so this mm. is what I wanted to say. Like it's, it, it's so multifaceted when it comes to food because as well as that, okay, you got to somehow override the negative health effects in that moment or in the in the hours following. But over time, over days and weeks and months and years, that shit builds up. But this is when it is so much more about everything else than it is about just the nutrition. And so this fixation on what to eat and how to eat it and which diet is best and how much of what we should be consuming, there is so much more to metabolism and nourishment than just what you fucking eat. And that's what we need to start. We need, like you can really with a fine tooth comb, go through what you eat and plan your meals and eat only nourishing shit every single day. And okay, you have a great headspace surrounding that, but let's look at the other aspects of our nourishment, right? Let's talk about our relationships. Let's talk about the way that we move. Let's talk about the work that we do. And perhaps you could eat everything right, but if everything else in your life is falling to shit, you get fat anyway, or you get sick anyway, you know? So Mm. When it comes to nourishment, we're trying to keep ourselves fit, healthy, and live a long, happy life. And I really think there's more to to that than there is just eating. But um, what I want to talk about with you in particular, Jesse, is the fact that fasting gives you an incredible perspective on what you personally and individually should be doing with your food intake. And I can say that because I fasted one time. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that. Yeah, I can. (laughs) It took me a long time to convince you that it's beneficial. Long time. And just since last Monday, since I fasted, the journey that I've had with food and the realizations that I've had, I'm like, oh my God, I need to fast. I just need to. And every time I don't, I'm making bullshit excuses for myself Mm. and because nothing happened you don't waste away in a day you know 24 36 hours without food the the thoughts that come up you know you feel that you aren't hungry but you realize you want to eat and the consequences of that and then when you go back to eating you know what you eat and how you eat and the way you think about it there's just so much space surrounding that process why don't you tell us what came up for you in your first fast anger 
frustration. Okay. And I had, I had a headache the whole time, which didn't help, but I've also got really, real whack neck and shoulders type of thing. Um, like body tension. Yeah. Like body tension. So that wasn't necessarily because of the fast though. I do think the fast perpetuated that. But it wasn't helping. S- no, but <laughs> so much frustration came up for me and like short, like shortness, like short temperedness. Yeah, short temperedness. That's what I was really, really short tempered. And my mom kept saying, "Are you okay? You're low energy, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not low energy, mom. Stop worrying. Stop asking. Oh my god!" <laughs> and I was super low energy. Like, <laughs> what's, what's the deal? <laughs> but I went for I went for a five kilometer work walk that day. I did a little bit of uni work, and when I woke up the next day, I felt like something else. I felt incredible, and I only ate because I didn't want to push it too far. Mm. I wasn't hungry though. So you, you ate when you weren't hungry? I ate when I... Well, I had fasted 36 hours at that point. Nice. And I thought this is my first dry fast ever. No food, no water. Mm. I'm not going to... Like I have shit to do today. I'm not going to push it too far. It it was for you, it seems like a tendency to, to want to get back to the norm because you had priorities. You had things to focus on and you needed to get back into your regular routine which was I eat lunch at this time or around this time and I have dinner at this time and in between those times I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and, and I can also get into this mentality of let's see how long I can go for and how hard I can push myself. And mm. I think there's a time and place for that, but your first fast isn't that time it's or place. Exactly. You'd already, you'd already done that yeah. and uh, you don't end up in hospital. And <laughs> it was clear that things were coming up. And that's what I noticed as well when I first started uh, delving into fasting. I really noticed that whatever emotions tended to be difficult for me to process and were things that were themes in my life, those would pop up and I would be forced to address them, particularly uh, if I was fasting, Um, exactly when I was fasting, really. And it's not easy. So while you got frustration, someone else might get sadness. The thing you have to realize is fat in your body is stored energy. And in yoga, they say, I think you told me this, that they believe that emotion lives in the body. So if you're able to address that emotion and release it, well, that's beneficial. But I don't have to rant about the benefits of fasting because all you have to do, anyone listening, is Google that for yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of science there's, surrounding it. It's just... There's a lot. <laughs> and and it's it's so easy to make excuses to not fast Mm. it's let me tell you it's so easy i I intermittent fast i already fast you don't know you don't that's that's very different though that's yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's really taking eating six days a week instead of seven will change your life and i really avidly refused to do that because you know how sometimes you know something's going to be good for you and you just don't want to get there yet because once you have that awareness you can never go back exactly like shit i can never go back (laughs) (laughs) um but i want to i want to jump ahead a little bit to the fact that you know fasting once a week removing yourself from the eating process or just one quick last note on that is it does give you that opportunity to observe the fact that when you're feeling frustrated you eat instead when you're feeling sad you eat instead instead of feeling that thing you focus on food instead and you just bury your emotion and you bury and you bury and you bury and when you're not eating it all comes up so that's that's also showing you where you're lacking harmony where you're not feeling nourished in your life you know and food's not gonna fix that it's not gonna fix that yeah it's funny how in talking about nourishment we're talking about fasting which is to most people it's reverse nourishment very true but actually in actuality it's it's 
emotional nourishment or rather it's facing emotions that you've buried three times a day every time you've eaten your whole life and it's mind body soul nourishment it may not seem like body nourishment but Mm. it's mind body and soul nourishment Mm. you know so maybe in the moment it doesn't nourish your emotions or it doesn't nourish your mind but this is where you also have to think maybe you have to prioritize the holistic nourishment over immediate nourishment and that's what we need to aim for yes a hundred percent it's they're all equally as important yeah and so i want to jump ahead to the yeah to to the fact that taking a break from eating once a week or so whatever you choose is creating space surrounding that process and so i think taking time out to cultivate the type of attention we need to be able to reflect on the process of self-nourishment is a part of that nourishment so by that i mean for me i take 20 minutes every single morning or more, you know, I meditate for 20 minutes, but I I spend about an hour with myself every morning to do things that are quiet, that are still, and that are me listening to myself so that when I go out into my world and things get busy, I've already listened to myself. So I know where I'm at. Does that make sense? It totally does. It seems like a really healthy way to, to start your morning because silence is very powerful. And Taking time to just be when you're in a routine of busyness and go, 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 go. We don't realize how much you need that until you start doing it regularly and then you stop a day for a day or two. And then you're like, holy shit, my day was chaos. I've been a dick all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, so these practices of, you know, soul nourishment, meditation, creativity, um, connecting with spirit or God in whatever form you perceive that as, or just, just feeling, you know, your nerves tingling as you move slowly, something like, you know, Tai Chi or Qigong, where you're just moving slowly and feeling like every little aspect of your body, just things like this, things that slow you down and shut down your, shut off your thought processes and bring you into the present moment like mindfulness man there's a reason why it's so huge and we're sick of hearing about it it's because it is the key that unlocks the door to okay what is nourishing me so when you you can bring that to the way you eat you can bring that to the way you move and and it helps you cultivate better relationships to everything with everything Mm, which is crucial because if you have a bad relationship with food, no matter if you, no matter whether you're eating the healthiest meal in the world or you're eating McDonald's, you're still going to have a bad relationship with food. And no matter what you eat, you're going to put negativity into it. Your body will respond accordingly as well. Totally. And I, I really firmly believe due to the holistic nature of our beings that one shitty relationship reflects other shitty relationships in your life. Mm. You know, so this is what I was noticing in that real burnout phase of my life or what led me to my burnout is that things seemed really good when I was up, you know, when I was going, when I was energized, when I was focused, when I was grinding and stuff like that. But there was one or two things that were off, you know, Mm. Um, like maybe I was sore all the time. And I just thought that was a part of the process. But that relationship to my body where I'm constantly perceiving and experiencing pain, I refused to, or I wasn't able to acknowledge that that relationship with that pain in my body was a 
symbol for my relationship to the way that I'm ignoring my emotional pain or the way that I'm ignoring the fact that I'm, I am being depleted. And so, so, you know, you'll think everything's going good, but there's one little discrepancy and you'll think, Oh, it's just that one thing. It's just that one thing. But what is that one thing referencing? Why Mm. is that one thing out of whack? And can we get to a place where we do believe that? Yes, you should, you can and should experience positive relationships to everything in your life, to your partners, to your friends, to your parents, to your family, to your body to your movement everything i love that i learned from shaman durak who is a podcaster as well that shamans see everything as relationships everything so if one thing's out of whack it represents something much greater that you're not looking at you're completely overlooking one thing and it could be a small thing um but it definitely is a is a small finger pointing at a much larger problem and it really is like that. I mean, my quintessential example, can you guess what it's going to be, Jesse? No. Road rage. Oh, yeah. My quintessential example. <laughs> I was going to say anger, actually. Anger, yeah. yeah, it is same that. Thing. It's the same thing. It's like that. that's always my one thing. I could be having the best day ever and then I get on the road and I rage at someone. And and it's, it's such a shattering sort of moment for me because I'm like, damn, Danica, what's going on here? Because if I've just had the best day ever and I've just lost my shit at someone who turned too slow, that is really testament to the fact that there's there's something I'm missing. Yeah, you know? so, 100%. So take that time out to really observe where you're not being nourished and we'll, we'll get to that. I know it's a such a multifaceted discussion, I think. It's such a, like a general but but seemingly intangible thing to get your hands on. Like, okay, but but where's the nourishment? How do you figure it out? And yeah. It's tricky. I find as well in the realm of nourishment, there are things that I can do for my energy that really help. For example, I feel great after I take a shower, right? I don't know what it is about flowing water around me or being in the ocean, but that just nourishes me in, in, in some way that nothing else really does. So there are lots of things you do regularly which are already nourishing you, which you can actually amplify the level of nourishment just by being more conscious with it. So sometimes when my shower is, I'm waiting for the hot water to come and I've just turned the hot water on and it's still cold for the first, I don't know, five, 10 seconds. I'm waiting for the the hot water and I'm standing there and I'm preparing myself to be nourished. And I'm telling my body that I am going to clean you. This is going to be nourishing this is going to be uh, revitalizing and rejuvenating. And then I'll get in the shower and the shower I have is much more beautiful and nourishing to me than just, oh, I've got to clean my armpits because I smell. <laughs> so that's one way. And then the other thing I do, and there's a, there's a whole bunch, this is, this is a, a very broad category, but uh, obviously energy work is really, I find that's one for me that hits all four. So mind, body, spirit, and then all three at the same time. Energy work can be, you know, you meditating. It can be things like uh, Qigong and Tai Chi that you mentioned before. Yoga, I believe, if you're doing it really truly, is energy work on some level and definitely very deeply because it's fucking hard. And um, things like chakra meditation or Reiki or these are just all different kinds of energy work. And, you know, for me, even going to the ocean is, is that on some level. Well, see, these practices, I believe, can connect you to your the flow of energy within and surrounding you but I think that the that the goal is to understand on an energetic level what is what is happening and then to make everything that you do energy work 
Love that. Yeah. 100%. That's why eating as well. That's what I found. People pray for their food. Yeah. That's, that's how I think you can, you can edge towards true nourishment is understanding that how are you energetically feeding yourself right now? And so, Mm. um, one more thing that's going to help me bleed into my next point is movement, you know, move your body. But I talk to so many people who I asked them, they, they tell me they're having this and they're having that, they're having this issue with their back or their knee or something. And I asked them, well, do you do strength and conditioning? And they, uh, well, I say, do you move? And they say, no. And I say, oh yes. And they say, I say, do you move? They say, yes. I say, do you do strength and conditioning? They say, no, I just do more like flowy types of things like, like yoga and um, dance and flow movements. And I'll look at the type of yoga that they're doing and it's basically yin or restorative or really, really just light, not really pushing themselves type of thing. And, and for them, that is their exercise practice. But this is where we, we, we need to realize, okay, well, the pattern of energy is that you're holding pain and tension and injury in your body. And then, you know, movement is good for you, but you're moving in a real soft, restorative way. That's not creating any real structural changes, not really improving your, your, your strength and your capability. And so this is where we need to look at what we're doing. Are we bringing an up energy to it or a down energy to it? Is it a yin or a yang, yin or yang? And this is probably it's it's been all consuming for me recently because that symbol of the yin and yang that black and white symbol has been coming up for me time and time again and the more i look into it the more i understand these concepts of ebb and flow masculine and feminine um, hard and soft black and white the more i look into this and bring this into aspects of my life the more i understand damn like that's the fucking key to existence right there yeah i really think it is because if we look at that symbol, you know, if I'm the white, if I'm the yin in a yang world, if I'm flowing my way through a society that's rigid and crazy and, and bustling and hustling and, and I'm super yin and soft and feminine and I flow my way through that still within me, I have that black dot at my center that is my yang so that everything around me does still mirror that part within me and that I can still achieve and I can still succeed and I can still drive and I can still so there's 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 these layers of self and 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 you know the yin and the yang there's the black dot and then there's the black fish or whatever you want to call it yeah, you know? yeah. the black the black part of the symbol and and it is it does show that what's happening on the outside is reflective of what is on the inside and and that we should always house both within ourselves that's the key to and the, to life and balance and, yes yeah. and so when you are holding a more yin core you need to surround that with a more yang expression of that and when you are housing a more yang core you need to you need to express that more yin and so for me that means you know my like astrologically with my understanding i have a lot of fire and my moon is in fire and so it's really really i can go and i can go hard right and that's what i've Constantly. been doing for years yeah. <laughs> yeah but the thing is is that I'm always going to go hard anyway because that is my nature. So if I can soften my approach and trust it more, then I'm going to go anyway. But I'm not going to go hard. I'm just going to go. You'll go sustainably because you'll sustainably. be less prone to burnout. Yes. And so this is what it's about. It's about looking looking to do what you do sustainably and to really honor, am I a little softer? Or am I a little harder on the inside? And mm. so what do I need to do? What do I need to embrace to make sure that keeps moving so it doesn't stagnate or it doesn't burn out. A hundred percent. 
I find that that's constantly changing within myself as well. Sometimes I just go, 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 go. And sometimes I'm just thinking, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here and whatever, read a book. So it's very important, as you said, know your tendencies, know yourself, analyze yourself. If, if need be, you know, buy a journal, reflect on your day, or even just spend some time as your day is ending and close your eyes and figure out how much did I do today versus how much did I nurture and, um, I guess, be receptive. So that's the key, really. The, balancing that, the aspects of yin and yang, is such a healthy way to, to live and be better. And balance is so much more than just 50-50, you know? It's so much more than just you, you exercise so you have to eat healthy and then you have to get enough sleep. And like, yes, it's all of that, but there's so much more subtle energetic interplay when it comes to the inner self, the outer self, than your world mm. and what's happening at the center of your world, you know? So so that's why these reflective mechanisms, these these altered states, these different perspectives can help you understand what balance really means to you. And this is what I was struggling with. So I was going hard. I burnt out. And then I ended up in this place where I didn't want to do anything. I did not want to do anything. Even the things that brought me joy fatigued me. Art, Mm. you know, even movement sometimes. I just didn't want to do it. And I didn't know what to, to do. I was like, cool, I'm in this yin state and I kept trying to yang my way out of it or something. But, but even in that, you know, my body was calling for deep rest and replenishment. I couldn't force myself to do the work that I needed to do. Instead, I had to do the work for myself, right? Mm. So I had to really learn to love and cherish myself and care for myself and realize what I was holding on to and work my way through those emotions and cry and let shit out and turn that focus back onto me. So that's another thing with the yin and yang, external focus versus internal focus, relationship with self versus relationship to other. The relationship to other was starting to fizzle because the relationship to self was falling apart. 100%. And so like anyone in a burnout situation, I believe, and from what I've experienced personally as well, is that when you're burnt out, there's obviously some shit to release. There's some stuff you're holding on to that you're probably not even aware of. Yeah, like like thought thought processes surrounding the way you work or mm-hmm. something like that. Also, uh, self-worth depending on your output. Ooh. That's a big one for both That's of us. That's a big one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and what you'll find is when your body is just saying enough, enough, anything else, I'm going to make you sick and then you're going to be forced to stay in bed. And when you get to that point where you're on the verge of sickness and you just can't bring yourself to, you can't find the will to do anything. You find yourself in a really peculiar situation, but the only thing you can do really is, I mean, you can't ignore it, but really if you want to move forward, you got to reflect. You got to reflect hard and then you got to release what is holding you back from your natural state? Because if your natural state is to go and do, um, then you're definitely blocked somehow. So figure out what's blocking you and release that. And that requires reflection. So, Well, I don't think having a natural state to go and do is a blockage. I think that if you... No, I don't mean that. I think that if you go and do too hard, that's a blockage. But Oh, okay. So you're saying you would your high I... output was as a result of you running from something yeah 100 okay. okay. I, I am highly productive by nature i can put out but my version of the, the version of highly productive that i was holding myself to was way too high 
You know, I, I can put out 10 things in a day. I was expecting 20 from myself. Right. So that's when it was spiraling. It was like more, 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 always demanding more <laughs> from myself. So when actually I needed more for myself. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, and this is why, this is why looking into Eastern philosophies or looking into esoteric practices like astrology and like energetics and and just understanding the elements, the elements that can help so much, the planets, the seasons, like, um, and just like honoring these cycles of winter, summer, spring, autumn, we are physiological creatures in summer. We have more, I mean, in spring, we are cultivating that sense of energy in summer. We put out in autumn, we let go in winter. We sleep like that. Those are very general terms, but starting to understand for a woman, your menstrual cycle, you are more creative in a certain phase of your cycle. You need rest in another phase of your cycle. So mm. tune the fuck in, listen to your physiology, listen to the world and the, and the subtle tug of the ocean and the moon and the moon and, uh, and the moon as well, other moons and stars. <laughs> um, and, and recognize that achieving balance sounds so black and white, but it's balance between you and the stars and it's balance between you and the deeper you and it's balance between Jesse and I and it's balance between work and play. And it's, it's so multifaceted. And so get reflective on every phase of that process. It's a, ver- it's a lifelong process. So the, the sooner you start to get tuned in, easier your life becomes i would do want to just quickly revisit the food point because it is such a metaphor for so many other things in our lives and for me now i can look at eating a cheeseburger as the yang and fasting as the yin and and i can see why i need both why i need to fast and not eat for 36 48 hours and why i need to eat a fucking cheeseburger because not eating allows me to understand why I like to eat the cheeseburger and what it can do for me. And then eating the cheeseburger allows me to understand why the fuck I need fast. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that there can be this mentality of we should be monks. We should be monks. You know, we shouldn't need to do too much. We shouldn't need to have our devices. We shouldn't need to eat sugar. We shouldn't need to eat salt, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, yo, we're human beings. We're ambitious. We're creative. We're inventive. Like we're fucking incredible. But we hold so much in these heads that are like the whole fucking time. So man, we're on earth. Our soul chose earth because there's so many yummy foods and so many beautiful views and so many (laughs) good feelings. And so be with that, but also be with the emptiness too, so you can appreciate the sensory stimulus. And then be with the sensory stimulus so you can understand why emptiness is important. And go everywhere and reflect on all of it. It's absolutely true. I find that after 95% of my week, I've been eating healthy and I'm happy with the food and it's making me feel good on every single level. I want one thing that breaks that. And to, to me, that's to me that's my version of balance. I'll go... I won't get a cheeseburger, but I might get something else that is perhaps not too healthy. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> and, and that's my way of treating myself. That's my way of, of finding balance and enjoying myself and having something to look forward to that isn't necessarily healthy, but it makes me feel good. And it's temporary, of course. But that, again, like, like, like you said, actually, that's why we're on earth. We're here to feel. We're here to experience. We're here to live. And doing things that make you happy, well, that's important. And you know, eating that fried chicken, salty, sweet, juicy, spicy, warm, 
you know, it's not that sweet, gooey. Is it? Oh, it depends what sauce you have. <laughs> Actually, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Korean fried chicken is pretty damn sweet. So, how inspiring yeah. is that, though, as a creative human being? The way mm. that makes you feel. How inspiring is that? You can create from that. Then you can go cook an incredible meal. Maybe it's a healthy meal. Maybe it's not. But that we're 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 handing over inspiration to each other. That's you true. Know? It's and just it's, stimulus. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So so. You know, how do you know if you're nourished? Follow what feels good holistically. Ask yourself, is this serving all aspects of myself in the long run? And I'm talking those little food choices to the way that you live your life from the big to the small. Hell yeah. The other thing I do that helps me know that I feel nourished is I'll try and plan things in my day that are symbols for me loving myself. So I will say to myself, okay, I'm going to work from eight till 11. And then at 11, I'm going to go on a short hike or I'm going to go and meditate in the sunlight or I'm going to go to the ocean and explore, see what the fish are up to. Little things that make me feel joy, but also promote healthiness amongst, you know, exercise, being in nature. And when you plan that stuff, that shows yourself that you love yourself. <laughs> I love that. That's foreseeing that you are going to be needing nourishment. Exactly. I really love that. I don't. I. I don't. I don't want to say I don't do enough of that. I'm getting better at it. But um. But as a greater in as a greater sort of concept, I love that because that is yin and yang structuring flow structuring play structuring exactly. rest this is how you can start to balance these forces you know when you're resting you're creating something in a intricate way when you're working hard you are planning in those periods of rest this is how you can make sure that you are visiting yin yang black white up down you are flowing with those waves like wave goes up waves goes down and you do need to do that for yourself. And again, there's there's those microwaves throughout the day. There's the bigger waves throughout the year. And we just need to ride them and exactly. anticipate them. That's it. Because burnout is a sign that you've not been doing that. Absolutely. And so how do you know if you're nourished? Well, look, look for the areas of your life that are reflective of imbalance. Are you putting on weight? Are you tired all the time? Are you falling behind in the things that you need to be doing? Are you feeling lonely? You know, look for these little trends of something's off. It's true. Those are your greatest teachers. Yeah. And then do some digging, man. Talk to people. Reflect. Try something new. Try on a different thinking cap. You know, just shake things up. That's really important, actually. That's a good point to have about the thinking cap. I often find myself doing that where I'll have a thought and then I'll shift perspectives and I'll try and look at it from a whole different standpoint. And... That helps me a lot. So that's that's a really good point. I think that's what fasting was for me. It's How a so? new perspective. Ooh. I've never experienced food from a place of my body hasn't ingested anything. Not food, not water for 36 hours. Never. Mm. That is trying on a new hat. All right, fine. Let me see what they're talking about. What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? I, do, I guess I do that a lot, mm. you know? So yeah, just try it on for size. It's worth trying on. And let me just add to that because you gave people your hard first perspective on fasting but i will say that the more you do it the easier it becomes and then you actually start to crave fasting you actually start to know you start to be more in touch with your body and you start to know when it's time to fast you start to know that hey i need to fast twice this week or hey 
once a week is enough. Or, you know what, I'm going to eat once every three days or four days. And everyone is different. But when you try it and you get comfortable with it, you start to develop a whole different relationship and appreciation for food and not food, which is fasting. <laughs> Love it. So another thing I think um, is helping you feel nourished is acting without doubt or regret, right? Mm. So you've eaten that double bacon cheeseburger and you figured out that it doesn't nourish you holistically. Fuck it. Move on. Move forward, yeah. That was your perspective. That was the yang to your yin. Next time, you're not going to choose that extremity. And do something good to balance it out. Don't don't do exactly. it from a place of hate. Do it from a place of I gotta rebalance. Don't do it from a place of I've got to lose that seven hundred calories. Do it from a place of I'm gonna go for a nice jog because I know that makes me feel better physically mm. and mentally. That's a really good point. Um, people think that if you just ate that seven hundred calorie burger, well now I'm gonna go for a huge walk. But actually, if I've done something like that, I find myself thinking to myself, okay, well when I'm next hungry, I'm gonna have a huge ass salad, and that as you said, is, is, is a really nice way to rebalance it. Yes. And then, of course, like we said at the very beginning of the um, session, do look for that tanha or tanha, I don't know how to say it. Do look for that um, that spiraling back into suffering. Don't, don't mm. restrict yourself. Make sure what you're doing comes from a place of love. So again, no doubt, no regret, right? Just make a fucking choice, go with it, because unless it's going to kill you, you'll walk out on the other side and you would have learned something. So really adopt that beginner's mentality. Cool. That was a good challenge. I fucked that one up. I'll do better next time. And that's life. That's life. You're not going to figure it out tomorrow. Otherwise, you'll just die. Life's going to be like, oh, we don't need you anymore. Exactly. Uh, beginner's mentality is a really good point as well, though, because that's a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. It's basically saying, hey, I don't know everything about this. And you and I also don't know everything about this. That's it. We're Even, just experiencing it. That's the thing about, you know, if, you, if you're a... If you eat everything and you're not a vegan, you're not a vegetarian, you eat everything and you think that that is the way, that's not beginner's mindset. You just think that's your way. That's a good beginner's mindset, you know, like mm -hmm. that. This is what works for me, not this is what, what works for everyone and honor that you'll shift and just keep it open. That's Stay it. open to the way that you will change, the way everything will change. Exactly. Being open to change is important because whatever you think is working for you now in six months time might not be. Yeah. Really important. Um. Another thing is trust in your highest intentions, which I think goes hand in hand with have goals for yourself, have ambitions, yes. make, make a very clear picture of where the fuck it is that you want to be and check in with that regularly. And I love doing that in those little moments where I'm going to the cupboard to have a little binge or I'm going on a long hike or whatever it is that I'm doing. I, I see myself in that future and I'm like, does this align with that vision of myself? And a lot of the time it, it does, you know, but if you, if you ignore that goal, if you, if you go to the cupboard and you open the door and then you see that glimmer of yourself, your ideal self in the future, you, and you kind of ignore it or you kind of pretend that you didn't see it. Like that's a sign that you're not aligning with it. Do you know what I mean? Where exactly. you're like, oh, I'm, I actually didn't think about that. Exactly. And just to reference one of your earlier points, if you aren't aligning with it and you're making a choice to have that binge, don't hate yourself for it afterwards because exactly. that's much worse. Exactly. So I really hope it's clear that nourishment is not just what you eat. There's so much more to it. And knowing and reflecting on what is nourishing you is so important. Watching what you're consuming on every level is nourishment. Try your best to balance yourself out, to create those spaces where you can reflect. And never forget 
that nourishment is a lifestyle. Live to feel nourished. Live to nourish yourself. And that being said, we've just smashed out a really productive session of podcasting. So we're going to go get some fried chicken. Are we getting fried chicken? No. Oh, damn. 